employment. 75. This minute, Nathaniel bids the crew his final farewell, reunites with his dear daddy, and then deliriously rejects his manhood. Get ready to set sail with Cabin Boy Minute at 75. Boy Minute. Minute 75. Whoa. 75. It's our Diamond Jubilee. Hmm. All right. So in this monumentous minute, we find Nathaniel. He was mid-sentence from our last minute. So we'll just give you the whole sentence. He says, may your days be full of mirth and good fortune. Mirth being a gladness or gaiety, as shown by or accompanied with laughter. Mirth from the Middle English, mirth from merry. We get uh, a shot, as we determined, uh, the last shot of our crew, of the boys. Yep. Turns back to the crew. They all say goodbye. Cappy waves his cap. Caps raises his cigar. We get a, a drink raise from Skunk, and Big Teddy lowers his fist. Figure he had his fist raised, and then we get a little nod from Big Teddy. Cappy still clutching his tear-soaked bandana in his hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paps is just smiling wildly and somewhat insanely. We had a brief moment from Paps earlier. Brief moment of clarity. Uh, we've now lost it in the final moments. So Nathaniel did put his wig back on. That lady is still staring at the camera. Chris Elliott talks in the commentary. We now see his sister-in-law come onto screen behind Nathaniel. There is a shot of Trina. She gives quite a pathetic little wave. Clearly she's distraught. All she can bring herself to do right now. Although in this new shot, we now see another detail on the bar. There is what appears to be a wooden nut tray mm-hmm. in the shape of a pineapple. I was actually able to find that very pineapple-shaped nut tray Oh wow! on Etsy. Uh, it was listed as a carved Kamani wood separated pineapple tray, only $14.40. Wow. Which uh, GPM Prize Department wishes they had found that. <laughs> And then Nathaniel gives a wave and turns, puts his head down. I mean, you see Paps in this moment as well. He's like, looks like he's like giggling. You get him from behind, but it does look like he's giggling. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. The the fade out was interesting because you get, you get Nathaniel walking away, all dejected and he's carrying the duffel bag and that's where your eyes go. But the the close watch that we are giving this movie, we see the additional details. Trita is walking back to the table presumably Mm. to have some kind of conversation with the boys. So now we get a shot of the Hotel Mayweather. Mm. We have uh, a nice red awning. Mm -hmm. Words Hotel Mayweather. And I was conscious of them, but it really wasn't until this watch, until I gave a real good look at those guards, doormen. (laughs) Attendants. They are dressed in safari clothes, pith helmets, white gloves, the whole khaki outfit. Mm-hmm. Khaki 
first worn in the Corps of Guides, a military unit in India that consisted of British officers and Indian enlisted men uh, that was raised in December of 1846 by Henry Lawrence, uh, not related to Lawrence of Arabia, who was a British official in uh, Lahore in India at that time. Initially, border troops were dressed in their native costume, but then they added these uh, kind of khaki-colored uniforms. And uh, after that was introduced, all regiments, whether British or Indian, serving in the region adopted the khaki uniforms. And then those uh, slowly filtered out to the greatest British army, partially because they realized the impracticality of traditional bright colors, such as red coats, when uh, skirmishing and uh, trying to deal with improved battle technology, such as aerial surveillance and smokeless powder, the khakis could help camouflage the soldiers on the field of battle. Mm. Khaki is a loan word from the Urdu language, meaning soil covered. So I did do a search on Hotel Mayweather. The only thing that I found, there is a Mayweather Suites Hotel in Ruaka, Kenya. I would like to note that the logo that they use is also a gold font on a red background. Hmm. As Chris Elliott notes in the commentary, that's not him walking into the hotel. No. It's not a stunt, is it? (laughs) (laughs) He, He wasn't available? I wonder if it's one of those things where they just, they needed to get this shot done. And while they were doing other things, they went over to the hotel and uh, just brought the stunt guy. Logistics kind of thing. (laughs) I mean, I do like how the guards look at him contemptuously as he's walking in the door, kind of looking him up and down, I guess, because he's shabby looking. He's shabby looking. He's wearing the boots. The boots are really what draws your attention. Yeah. Mm. Presumably he also smells at this point. He smells of the sea. (laughs) So as he walks in, we begin to hear the voice of uh, Nathaniel's father, William Mayweather. And uh, we hear him say, look at you, dirty, shabby, common looking. First, we see a shot of Nathaniel sitting in a giant overstuffed Baroque chair, pouting, picking at his nails. And then we see a shot of Nathaniel's father, William Mayweather, played by Bob Elliott, Chris's dad. So Bob Elliott, born 1923, lived till 2016, was half of the Bob and Ray comedy duo with Ray Goulding. According to Wikipedia, he was most remembered by the character of radio reporter Wally Ballou. Some of his other credits on screen, he was the bank guard in a movie called Quick Change. He also played Chris's dad in Get a Life. They actually do mention Cabin Boy on his Wikipedia page. Well, they talk about this in the commentary. Uh, Mike Sachs brings it up. But in 1989, Bob Elliott co-authored a book called Daddy's Boy, a son's shocking account of life with a famous father. So this is one of those parody books. So this book is a parody of a book called Mommy Dearest, which was turned into a movie, written by Christina Crawford, uh, where the adopted daughter of actress Joan Crawford, who was Christina Crawford, wrote it. It was published in 1978. It attracted much controversy for its portrayal of Joan Crawford, who was an American actress, as an unbalanced and alcoholic mother 
with some family friends denouncing it while others corroborated it. Even the cover of Chris Elliott and Bob Elliott's book is a parody of the cover of Mommy Dearest. See, yeah, Bob and Ray show was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame in 1995. So clearly... uh was a cultural touchstone of sorts. Um, they were certainly featured in a wide variety of television shows after they got popular. Nationally broadcast, I think, for three years in the early 50s. So they certainly had a following. So his desk, uh, he has an elephant with the trunk pointing upwards. An upward-pointed elephant trunk dispenses energy, luck, prosperity, and kindness. It is a movement elephants use to greet friends and express sheer delight to bring compassion and to shower good fortune. You should place the upward trunk elephant around you. Huh. Who knew? A couple of bronze statues, looks like. Is is that actually Bob Elliott's hair? I don't think so. Extensions. Uh, is he wearing a tux? Is this a full-on tux? It's an interesting outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've worn a tux before, and it looks like a tux. I mean, it's it's got all the elements of a tux. Yeah. Is he coming from a gala? Is he going to a gala? I feel like this is just what he wears to work, you know? Man. He's got cufflinks on, a bow tie, fancy watch. He's got a couple of rings on. Although he does seem to have some lint on his uh, lapel. So you'd think he would uh, take a little more care of himself. Well, you know, this this probably caught him by surprise. You know, Nathaniel's showing up just out of nowhere, you know, and he's he's not ready for him. Like, he could have been on his way to, like, a luncheon or something like that where he was going to, like, host. And uh, now he's got to sit down and talk to his son. He, he might be a little off his game. That's fair. And there's the little uh, faux alligator, like, paper holder in front of him after a shot of uh, Nathaniel. And, and we're looking at William. He says to Nathaniel, well... Hope you're happy. You have the honor of the first Mayweather to smell a bit gamey. Gives like a big exhale right before the bit gamey piece. Good delivery. Nathaniel comes right in. I, and I must say, Nathaniel's mannerisms and faces are delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he brings it. Although this is post Get a Life, but still, he's in a movie now. In a scene with his father, this is probably a very special thing for him, and he's bringing his best. Mm-hmm. For both of them, I'm sure. So, Nathaniel, I smell of the sea. There's no smell more honest or admirable. Wonderful. But he's got the wide eyes, as he's saying it. The hair from the wig is all crazy. He cuts a bit of a mad figure, I have to say. <laughs> Salt water by itself doesn't have a smell, but the things that live in it certainly do. The classic sea smell is uh, a rather stale, sulfury smell that what you're smelling is dimethyl sulfide, which is produced by bacteria as they digest dead phytoplankton. Tasty. So that is the smell of the sea. Um, did you guys happen to hear the clock? No. Mm-mm. Right before Nathaniel says, I smell the sea, I could have sworn I heard a clock chiming in the background. I got it. Yes, I hear it. Yep. I'm not yep. crazy. <laughs> no, no, don't just celebrate that one. This means nothing, but there is a clock. <laughs> but it's real. <laughs> Jury's still out. 
Yeah, um, clock timing. Very good. It would probably have to be intentional, right? Does it maybe hearken to like a like a Scrooge Christmas Carol kind of thing? Or it's like this is like a momentous moment here. Right. The clock chimes. It's almost like a life's time signature. Mm, possibly. Again, Bob Elliott, William Mayweather, just just fantastic. I I love his delivery, particularly this line. After I smell the sea, he's Oh my gosh, you're delirious. Nathaniel, what are we going to do with you? So delirious, in an acutely disturbed state of mind resulting from illness or intoxication and characterized by restlessness, illusions, and incoherence of thought and speech. So I would say from Mr. Mayweather's standpoint, certainly delirious. Yeah, I mean... Given what his father knows of the way his son acts and carries himself and his behaviors, this is as departed from his natural state of being as could possibly be. We get more looks of his desk and the stuff on his desk. There's like a pipe stand with like three fancy looking pipes hanging off of there. A bunch of nice, uh, what I imagine are oil paintings around the office here. By what I imagine is an inkwell, mm-hmm. um, corded phone. I did appreciate the touch of the phone. Again, it's the everything is kind of within some unknown period of time. And then he's got like an old school speakerphone sitting on the desk. There's that green shade desk lamp, an iconic lamp that I see on executive desks like this. Uh, that type of lamp is known as a green banker's lamp. Mm. Uh, it was thought that green was soothing uh, because it caused less eye strain and therefore improved productivity. Uh, this was especially true for people in detail-oriented occupations like accountants, copy editors, Ooh. and telegraphers. It was introduced in the United States from a company known as Emeralite. The first patent filed on May 11th, 1909 by Harrison D. McFadden. So he did sell the lamp under the brand name Emerald Light, which was a combination of the words emerald and light produced in Morovia, which is a section of the Czech Republic. Nathaniel takes his wig off, looks at it. Uh, Mr. Mayweather looks genuinely frightened. Did anyone see this little bit? Mm -hmm. There's a little circular blue flash that comes on scene in the upper left-hand corner at about 114.53. I'm curious if it's on Scott's version there. In the upper left-hand corner? Upper left-hand corner, yep. Yep, got it. It was there for barely there, like something wrong with with the copy. Well, no, no, no. There has to be some sort of intentional reason. It's not like that that Fight Club reference where he just points at the corner. The cigarette burn? Yeah. See, I thought that that little blue flash, I don't know, perhaps that's the moment he awakes from his folly. Mm, I was going to ask. Again, is this another folly awakening point here? Is that blue flash his heart being liberated? Ooh, like leaving his body? His fancy spirit dissipating. Wow. It's certainly a possibility. 
I mean, this this is the moment. He's holding the symbol of his fantiness in his hands. Mm-hmm. It's right, right there. The wig embodies his previous life, and he just rejects it, tosses it back at his father, throws it upon his desk. This is for you. William Mayweather saying, where in the Savior's name are you going? Which Savior's name? That's something that Nathaniel had said in the past. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the family parlance. <laughs> yes. And yes, Nathaniel throws his wig at the desk. This is for you. Uh, the interplay between the two of them is great. Mr. Mayweather picks up the wig. Come back here, boy. You're out of your mind. Again, good delivery. He's funny. Yeah. Funny throughout the whole thing. Where's his christening wig? How come he doesn't have one? How long does one need to wear a christening wig? Maybe it's like the Amish, where they grow a beard after they get married. So, like, they lose their christening wig once they get married. Mm. So Nathaniel storms out of the office. Uh, we see him now walking back by the water. I call him trotting sure. and searching. And uh, our scene basically ends um, while he's just trotting by the water. All right. So in the screenplay, William, at any rate, your little misadventure is behind you now. And the business of getting on with your privileged life is before you. Now then, upon being bathed and groomed, you will be taken up to your suite to rest. This evening, as tradition dictates, you will formally meet the bride I have chosen for you and present her with several pieces of symbolic jewelry. Upon meeting her, you will discuss possible names for your future children. Nathaniel looks out the window as his father drones on. He sees the fishing boat slowly leaving the pier and heading out to sea. William, I prefer Stedman if it's a boy, and Randissa if it's a girl. Nathaniel slowly gets up and heads for the door. William, where in the Savior's name are you going? Nathaniel, uh, to the vending machines to get a peppermint twist and a wet nap. William, hold on there, boy. I'm not finished with. Nathaniel quickly exits and slams the door behind him. No rejecting of the wig. Exactly. A different little take on it. Lies to dear old daddy. Again, brings up his love of peppermint. (laughs) In the screenplay, he's being uh, betrothed. He He has a a wife in the waiting, which was what what I was kind of hearkening to with the christening wig bit. I feel like you wear the christening wig until you're, in this case, your arranged marriage and you lose your christening wig and become a man. It's legitimate. He's already got that special someone. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think she's going to be approved by the Mayweather family, and isn't that the point? Mm. Part of the point, anyhow. Yeah, this is one of those bits where I could see them sitting down to do the read, and it's just kind of like needs a little something else. And I wonder if there are some rewrites that went down, as we see with the wig tossing. I do like <laughs> the idea of him not lying to his dad and, and leaving. That seems to add more to the liberation from and folly. Agreed. The explicit rejection is needed. Yeah. As weak as this kind of ending is for the movie, this particular scene holds up. And his rejection of the wig, tossing it at his daddy, just his whole realization of what he has 
on the Filthy Whore and with the crew and with Trina as compared to his prior life and the life he might lead up to. That whole experience, it's a better way to kind of tie things up than what we've been going with so far. And they did it in a funny way. Thank God. All I can think to say is, I agree! (laughs) (laughs) Who wins the scene? I gave this one to Nathaniel. I really loved that stare after smelling a big gamey and then the eye smell of the sea. He just, it's just incredible. It's inspiring. (laughs) Well, this scene goes to Bob Elliott. Uh, He's just great. I mean, his lines, oh my God, you're delirious. You're out of your mind. I do mention that, you know, Chris is truly excellent in this scene too. But this is Bob Elliott's only minute, and it just has to go to him. And he certainly stands toe-to-toe in the scene. I concur. Um, This one goes to William Mayweather, Bob Elliott. Although I was originally going to give it to Nathaniel, thought about it some more. They're both great. In fact, I would say they're probably equal in this scene. They both have different highs. But given that this is uh, Bob's only scene, give it to the man. Any video game or theatrical production ideas? I hearken back for the theatrical version, the, just the, the Rocky Horror picture stuff, when he says, this is for you. Everybody has been given a wig that they throw at the screen. Hmm. Mm. See, I, I reversed it. When he does, this is for you, wigs are launched into the audience. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We can have guards at the theater Ooh, door yes. dressed up like the hotel attendants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the ushers should probably be dressed like that. White gloves on. Oh, that's good. So, of course, again, for the video game ideas, once again, in the spirit of not letting the game end. So a mini game where you have to guard the Hotel Mayweather for an eight-hour shift. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Maybe virtual reality where you just kind of staring. You get summoned for like your 15 minute and 30 minute breaks at some point. <laughs> Walk to the lunchroom. Virtual cigarettes you gotta smoke. Ah. Vending machines that kind of work, maybe. You know, you gotta shake them a little bit to get some food out. Sure. That sounds like another uh, mini game in and of itself. A mini game within oh, the mini game. <laughs> You have to get a snack because your energy running is running low. And then when you try to get the snack, then you have to like guide the thing through the vending machines. Fuck. And then, uh, oh, here was one. So this could take a real long time. So it'd be great. So with the line about, you know, you're the first Mayweather to smell a bit gamey. So what happens is you kind of like get thrown in this time warp. You see like the lineage of the Mayweather family. And you get to watch like a 30-minute, condensed 30-minute documentary of each of the Mayweathers. Maybe I'll just go back like five generations. And based on that documentary, you need to catalog where the gamiest part of their life was. I'll give you like within, within like a second or two. If you don't pick it correctly... You have to watch them again and pick where each Mayweather was at their peak of gaminess in their life. Wow. Based, based on a 30-minute documentary. 
That sounds awful. <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> your best worst idea yet. I appreciate that. Uh, you have to wander through the streets, says Nathaniel, looking for the Hotel Mayweather. There could be a game where you have to formulate the smell of the sea. Mm. Like a, a chemist or whatever they call a person who makes perfume. Smellologist. Perfume-y. There you go. And you have to go down to the beach and collect different things to try to make the smell of the sea. Dead phytoplankton, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like mats of it. So calls <laughs> to action uh, by that Hawaiian pineapple nut tray. There were some cultural touch points on the Mommy Dearest Wikipedia page that did not include the parody uh, Daddy's Boy. So maybe update that. Uh, open the Hotel Mayweather. I remember one of the fun things as a kid with those Star Wars characters were seeing like the more obscure characters, like just say the, uh, you know, the Imperial Guards, right? And they had their little capes and stuff. So it did make me want to include those little Safari Guard figures in our action figure sets of Cabin Boy. Of course. You know how, so back in the day, they also had the whole mail-away thing, right? Where if you were collecting, like, you know, G.I. Joe's, you collected enough proofs of purchases or whatever, and you can mail away and get, like, a Cobra Commander. For the Cabin Boy action figures, you mail away, and you get the woman who's staring at the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Just sitting at the table with her head turned towards you. Uh, Have our days be filled with mirth and good fortune. Oh, that is a great call to action. Yeah. I don't know how one does that. Uh, formulate a cologne fragrance that captures what Nathaniel actually smells like, being a man who has worked on a fishing vessel for a number of weeks. Yeah. Smellology again. <laughs> Gags per minute! I've got uh, six. Number one, when Nathaniel puts on his wig. Number two, when he walks into the hotel with the, specifically the fishing boots and the guards staring at him. Number three, dirty, shabby, common-looking. Number four, smell a bit gamey. Number five, I smell of the sea. Number six, this is for you. Okay. I have a GPM of eight. Number one, everyone's half-assed goodbyes. Number two, the safari guards and their looks at Nathaniel. Number three, smell a bit gamey. Number four, I smell of the sea. Number five, you're delirious. Number six, it's a general uh, gag for Nathaniel's demeanor in the whole scene. Number seven, when he throws the wig. And number eight, you're out of your mind. Okay. I had a GPM this week of nine. Wish you all mirth and good fortune. I just found that funny. Uh, the goodbyes from the crew, number two. Number three, the look from the guards. Four, look at you. Five, smell a bit gamey. Number six, I smell the sea. Number seven, you're delirious. Number eight, just Nathaniel getting up from the chair. Just his mannerisms as he does that I thought was just silly. And then finally, this is for you, tossing the wig at his daddy. Mm. That gives us an average gags for it this week of 7.6. Brian, you are the winner. 
of gags per minute. Congratulations. Rock on. We're going to give you a choice this week. Oh, what? Wow. Excellent. Choice. You may choose to either have your very own christening wig, huh. or do you like to smell of the sea? <laughs> <laughs> Is that permanent? <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely it's permanent? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not getting greedy. It's just a question. Can you make the wig smell of the sea? I mean, I see no reason why not. Perhaps arrange that. I mean, it's, this is, you know, a little, uh, this is a little irregular. It's kind of the best of both worlds in my mind, because, like, I can get into character wholly, but I can also know that I can take it off and not sounds a little dicey with this uh, perhaps permanent uh, sea smell <laughs> that I will have for the rest of my life. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's permanent. I look, if that's within the uh, scope of what I'm entitled to, uh, I'll take it. I mean, one of our calls to action was to fill our days with mirth and good fortune. I didn't know it would start so soon. You'll have a wig that smells of Tommy <laughs> Bahamas Maritime. <laughs> Wait, I thought you created this one yourself. This is a oh, no, stock gosh. scent. We have a selection of scents. Can you at least... <laughs> Uh, have it renamed something uh, Cabin Boy-esque, the scent? Is that uh, a possibility? Um, you know what? We'll have them sent over to the Cabin Boy Minute GPM Awards Department Research Labs and uh, have them mix the scents together. Okay. I mean, just because you seem to be yielding to everything I'm asking, <laughs> can, you, can you stuff it with a million dollars as well? <laughs> <laughs> No, that'd be crazy. <laughs> such a thing. Well, thank you. That sounds, uh, I don't know what that sounds like, but it sounds like something. You're welcome and congratulations. Funny, not funny. Funny. I also went funny. I as well have funny. Just the whole Bob Elliott scene, his delivery, their interactions, mannerisms. It's just great. Mm-hmm. Great work by both Chris and Bob. Rest in peace. Uh, Mr. Bob Elliott. Yeah, glad we have this little scene. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 75. We'll see you next week on Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 76. Adios. Bye-bye. again for joining us on cabin boy minute please help spread the word tell your friends about us and rate and subscribe on your podcast medium of choice check out our episode notes where you can find calls to action details on how to support the pod or leave us a message or find us on twitter at at cabin boy minute we look forward to joining you again next week bon voyage